Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me and diametrically opposed to all things uh, that are woke and normal around here. He's slowly there you go, lo- using that word again, woke. He's slowly <laughs> losing it, but I'll tell you what. You could decline for Have decades. Have the scales <laughs> fallen from your eyes? Are you woke now? <laughs> the uh, You could decline for decades and still not be as dumb as me. So well, yeah, that's the upside. According to uh, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar is stupid. Oh, I heard about that. Because she couldn't remember the name of the Mexican president. Do yeah. you know the name of the Mexican president? Not until she said it. And I still don't, <laughs> I don't believe she used his first name, but she did use his last name, which is Lopez. And the only Lopez I know is Jennifer. Jennifer. So. She's not the president of Mexico, I'm pretty sure. No. But, uh, you know, the, the, it, I, I do think that there is something to that. You should be informed on all these people and have them top of the mind. If you're going to be president of the United States, if you're going to be, be me, like, I can't even remember the name of my favorite actress. All right? I have, like, a mental block on that. But r- people in high places should know the names. They should know everything. People. Right. Come on. I, th- I thought she gave mind. an excellent response. She said, wouldn't it be refreshing for once in a while for somebody in a position of power to admit when they don't know something and they've got to check it out? Well, that was noteworthy. Yeah, the president says. I thought she made an excellent point because I don't think any one person can remember the names of the president of every country in the world because we might have to deal with them. Suppose it was like, uh, who was that guy that ran against Trump the last time, the guy we we liked until he proved to be stupid, the uh, libertarian candidate who didn't know what Aleppo was? Oh, I'll never be able to draw it up. I know I remember the scenario, but... uh, uh, Yeah, good old Mm what's-his-name. Well, in any event, you know, should he really remember everything like that? Aleppo is, if you know know anything about world history, Aleppo figures into it in some places. So maybe he should have known that. But, you know, if somebody just comes out and says to me, I honestly don't know, but I'll find out. Right. Well, and the surround yourself with people who remember these things would be the other aspect. That's what President Trump does. He certainly does not know everything, but he tries to surround <laughs> himself with uh, people that are informed on you know all these global affairs and domestic affairs. And, well, that's and what presidents like are that. supposed to do. President Obama did it. I think President Bush, both President Bushes did. President Clinton did. Who had the best cabinet of advice? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, okay. Well, Without that, question. Okay. Because would, he picked all the people who were running against him for president. I always love it when they refer to Salmon Chase. The man's name was Salmon Chase, who was uh, ran. Uh, he eventually became a Supreme Court justice. Uh, Gideon Wells was the Secretary of the Navy. Okay. I mean, there were, there were some great people there. Uh, Seward, who was Secretary of State. Everybody thought he was going to be the Republican nominee for president in 1860, okay. but he wasn't. So, I mean, he Lincoln had a great cabinet. Modern-day cabinet? Oh, well, let's see. Can I say George W. Bush? No, I was going to go back a little further than that. I was going to say 
Maybe Eisenhower. Hmm. Maybe Who Reagan. Was on that? I probably wouldn't. Re- oh, I would remember Reagan's cabinet, but not Eisenhower's. No. Yeah, John Foster Dulles, who was George the architect Schultz. of the Cold War, if you will. George Schultz. Yeah, he was what Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, forget who Secretary of uh, Defense was back then. Oh, uh, Musburger Weinberger. Weinberger. Casper Weinberger. Casper Weinberger. Very good. Hey, you're doing well today. Yeah, it's funny. I couldn't tell you at all what I'm supposed to do at 10 o'clock this morning, but I can remember what happened in 1983 or 82, I guess. Well, that, that could was. come in handy someday. Right. Okay. All right. Well, welcome on board, everybody. This is the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, Joe is here, uh, conservative, uh, local business person, retired, still a very active civic volunteer as a mayor. And I guess you get a stipend for that, right? Or do you not no, get a, we no do stipend? Not get paid. Okay. Uh, some some mayors do, some don't. Some council members do, some don't. But uh, certainly doesn't. Your hourly rate would still be about eleven cents an hour if you work it all out. But in any event, that is Joe McGranahan. I'm Mark Lawrence. Just just basically. Uh, average at everything I do, which is quite a few things. And Rob Center is our fabulous producer, so he is just a super guy, too. Uh, Philly's nut, and uh, Phillies are going to be on his station. We traded the Phillies. Oh, I should tell you. So we've traded the Phillies to Eagle 107. You did tell me. In exchange for some Black Sabbath bumper music. So okay. <laughs> and I think the future, it's any, a future draft pick? No, we don't need any <laughs> draft picks. If you don't have the Phillies, you're out of business uh, baseball-wise, but uh, he'll have it. And that'll be the nice FM signal, so folks will be like to that. And then if you like the classic rock on Eagle 107, just go to the .com or the app, and uh, you'll be in fabulous condition. And WKOK will have CBS Sports. Uh, CBS Sports Radio, 24-7, 365, that's what we do. On the market sponsor, well, not 24-7, half, half no, the night. Otherwise, we're, we wouldn't be here. Half the day. <laughs> well, we, we could be here. I was on the Steve Jones Show yesterday. Oh, yeah? What yes. do you know about sports? I know that Steve Jones is on from 3 to 5 p.m., and he knows everything. He's my sports cabinet, okay? Okay. I just surround myself, and uh, Matt Contrillo. Well, what did you add to that discussion? Uh, I care deeply about what happens to the Astros next. I think this is really a pivot point for baseball. You're an Astros fan? I never heard you speak their name. No, I'm a Cubs fan, but uh, uh, I just think it's important that cheating be significantly punished, which hasn't happened yet. There's been some terminations, but that's not nearly enough. So uh, I suggested just stripping them of the World Series title. But, of course, Steve is quite informed on this and said that's not going to happen and isn't, I guess it's not even quite possible. So, uh, but I don't know. But to be continued. Yeah, he'll talk more about that. So you're allowed to enjoy the fruits of your cheating. Right. Well, thank you. That's That would be my argument. Well, yeah, what's the punishment if you just fire a few people who can get rehired elsewhere in a year or so anyway? You know, I don't think that's a punishment. If you if you literally stole a World Series title, which they did, cheated, won the World Series. And that's... Um, but in all honesty, you can't predict that they wouldn't have hit home runs that they hit because of a cheating signal. Well, they Could played well with right. And yeah. previous year and the next year, they played well without cheating. All right. So, so well, they got into the playoffs. Unless they, they found a new way of cheating like the uh, fellas up in New England. Well, it's Always coming up with a new way to cheat. Well, that's true. In fact, they... they uh, that but we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, where are we here? <laughs> On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. You can call us now about the Democratic debate, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. We would love to hear from you. Uh, I As did I not- predicted, the Democratic candidates are devouring their own. 
<laughs> well, but see, this is the democratic process. My lovely bride, who is well, a Republicans Democrat. Republicans did it four years ago. Yeah, also observed this. But I just thought that that's this is the way it should be. People walk up to the podium, explain what how you would handle certain things and how poorly your opponent would, so you can compare and contrast. And I just, the, the more they argue, uh, the more they compare and contrast themselves with other people, the better the democracy is, in my view. I didn't walk away thinking, I, I certainly saw that Elizabeth Warren did well last night. I wouldn't say that she walked away the winner. Oh, I um, think every every report I've seen this morning said she was the winner. Okay. Well, that, I mean, she certainly, the, she's Lawrence's objective observation last night. She certainly night. destroyed Bloomberg in the opening seconds of the debate. I thought she was going to reach over and whack him. Did she not look like one one fall? If he made one gesture towards her, she was going to move that right arm out and just whack him. Well, he's been accused of calling women horse-faced lesbians, and I bet he was standing there thinking, when is this horse-faced lesbian going to shut up? Oh, <laughs> she's married. I man. know, but it's, you know, if he said these terrible things about women, what's the difference between he and Donald Trump? Are the Democrats going to be equally outraged? Supposedly, his defense is that these were co- quotes put in a funny book, a gag gift book that was given him on his birthday some years back. And this book has surfaced every time he's run for office when he was running for mayor Mm -hmm. of New York. So according to him, this is not new stuff. But I thought she made an interesting point. She said, I don't think we're going to be any... we're not going to be any better off replacing one arrogant billionaire with another arrogant billionaire. Well, so, so uh, and do, you saw enough of it that you don't disagree with those observations. That well, I mean, I thought I thought everybody had. I thought she certainly became aggressive. I had seen, I, th- I think I mentioned you before we went on the air, I had seen a report the other day that said they thought Elizabeth Warren would soft-pedal herself uh, in this okay. debate in the hopes that she would be somebody's vice presidential nominee because her presidential campaign wasn't going anywhere. But I think she took the opposite tack, saying if, if I'm going out, I'm going out swinging, I'm going to come down on everybody. And she was tenacious. I mean, she really was. Uh, and she didn't, uh, she didn't shut up. And she made her points all the way down the line. But I really enjoyed the one thing I thought that Bloomberg got, he said to Bernie Sanders. He said the wor- the, the most famous socialist in the country, and he owns, he's a millionaire, and he owns three homes. What am I missing? <laughs> <laughs> now, what was his explanation about the three homes? One is in Washington, D.C., where he works. One is in the home state of New ha- uh, Vermont. Oh, okay. And the other is, he said, I do have a cabin in the woods. I bet it's a cabin. Oh. <laughs> I bet it's a... <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody said... Uh, on this show or elsewhere that he was bought off by the Democrats and used the million dollars to buy a home. Maybe that's where the cabin came from. Bought off the last time? Right, yes, because they had uh, um, you know... So maybe he's in the race to get another payoff? Injured him so badly. No, I don't think he needs (laughs) another cabin. All right. Well, we will... We uh, never have enough cabins in the woods. We'll take our... We only need one. But anyway, 1-800-795-9565 is our open phone. We're talking about the Democratic debate and the issues that were brought up, uh, the winners and losers. What do you think? I didn't necessarily think there was a winner. Pete Buttigieg was just Pete Buttigieg. He really only has one speed. Amy Klobuchar didn't do probably as well as she would have liked because she allowed herself to get rattled by this uh, Mexican president uh, confrontation that uh, Pete saw it was firing it up, so he just kept on going. <laughs> so uh, I thought, you know, if if he ever wanted her to be his vice presidential uh, running mate, he just knocked her out of the race last night uh, by doing that. And um, of course, what 
what was that phrase you heard about, about Joe Biden? Uh, yeah, I got a big kick out of this. One of the reporters said that Joe Biden's performance, he looked like he looked like a tourist who had wandered onto the stage. <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> Accidentally. Uh, I could not agree more. Uh, you know, I, I certainly like Joe Biden. If he had, if this is 20 years ago or 10 years ago, he'd be my choice. But uh, Does the word doddering sound familiar to you? Doddering. Well, yeah, <laughs> honest to people. Why don't they just put him in a sweater and, and, and give him a rocking chair so he could sit down? Right. In between. I mean, he's just out of his a league A friend of now. mine used to say about some people that they ought to stuff him and sit him in a rocking chair and put him in the front window just to draw in customers. And I think that would be something you might consider doing with Joe Biden at this point. All right. So we'll take your view on this. I am a moderate Democrat, and I have no dog in this fight and not interested in endorsing or picking. I don't know who would make the best president. Uh, I certainly hope whomever is nominated uh, is going to be worthy of going up against Donald Trump in the fall. Uh, Joe's a conservative. He certainly uh, agrees with some of the commentators that Elizabeth Warren walked away last night. Of course, he's going to vote for his uh, pocketbook in the fall, and that'll be for his 401k and Mr. Trump. Uh, but we'll take your view on this. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. We are dissecting the race for the president of the United States of America. Tom, first caller on this topic. Good morning. You're on the Mark. Yeah, well, as usual, I think Bernie Sanders won the uh, debate. Huh. Well, he certainly and spoke I well got, and knew his I, facts. I have, a, I have a question for Joe and all the other people out there that don't think that Medicare for all is a good idea. Now, here's a question. Name one, just one, name one country that has a market-based health care system that works. Name one, just one. Well, I would have to be familiar with every country in the world's health care system to answer that question, and I'm not. What well, other health care system? <laughs> you got, well, look it up. Well, you look I'll, it up. I'll let, you, I'll let anybody look it up, and they can find one. If you find one, you'll be lucky. Tom, what's the ideal solution to the health care dilemmas we have in the U.S.? Well, we had one before the Obamacare messed it up. The, the thing is, is, is what Bernie Sanders wants, Medicare for all. How are we going to pay for that? How? Yes, how? Well, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get rid of what we have right now, which is going to get rid of premiums. It's going to get rid of deductibles. Tom, you're kidding yourself. Of, it's going to get rid of all. It's going to get rid of all of that. And it's going to replace it with high gonna, taxes. And then you're going to do what 40 other countries already did, and you're going to raise and you're going to get the money through taxes. That's right. how you do it. And that's how you. And that that's not a fee. That's not a that's not a premium. If I pay more taxes to support your health care, I'm paying a premium to support you. Why should I do that? Why should you? Yeah. Why should I? Because that's the only way to do it. No, it's not. You take care of All yourself. Right, then name me. Then name me one country. Name me one country, and don't don't try to go around the edges. I want to name. I want a name of one country that has a health care system based on the market that works. Tell me. Tell the, me one. The United States before Obamacare. No, it doesn't work. It does. No, it, it did. Health care. Well, how do you account for the fact that even these good Democrats of Nevada, the union people, don't want to lose their health care plans? They've negotiated for a good plan. They've got it. They're happy with it. And many people are happy with their care. I'm happy with mine. I'm on Medicare, I'm over 65, and I have a supplement, and I haven't paid a cent for my health care 
other than the amount of my premium, which I don't mind paying because I know I'm going to get good care. So you care about Joe and nobody else? Well, I'm not responsible for everybody else in the world, Tom. Maybe you oh, are, but right. I'm not. Is that right? That's the way that works. Now, you're not responsible. No, you don't I'm care not. about anybody else. Well, who are you responsible that for, people Tom? Can't af- that people Tom. are going bankrupt. Okay, Tom, who are you subsidizing? People can't afford their medicine and Tom. they're dying because they can't af- you don't care about that. That's not your concern. Tom, who are you subsidizing? How many people are you paying for their health care, just out of curiosity? How many am I paying for? Yeah, I don't um, know. You, well, you like like the idea of you paying for everybody's health care. I just want to know how many people are you supporting with health care. Well, right now, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm supporting any. I just buy, you know, I pay uh, Medicare out of my paycheck just like everybody else. Uh, I do, too, and that's that's the but same I thing. But I don't, as far as that, how many people I'm supporting, I don't know. Well, I get my health care from the VA. You're it, supporting me. If I need a color TV set, should you pay for it? That's not the same thing. It is Joe. the you same. Know, it not. is the same thing. It, you know, no, we all have an obligation to no, care not. for ourselves. I just you're think not gonna, you're not going to. Well, let me answer your you question. TV set. I think what what what's important to me is that there should be available at reasonable rates quality health care. Now, I don't think you should pay for mine. I don't think I should pay for yours. But I think we both should pay for our own, and it should be affordable and offer reasonable care tailored to your personal situations. There should be uh, coverage for pre-existing conditions, and I like the idea of Obamacare letting your kids be on your policy until they hit, what, 24, 26 years of age. So there's some good things about Obamacare that need to be tweaked. I don't agree with the president that it should be thrown out. Never did. I think there's some good parts to it that need to be expanded on and enhanced and made available to more people. But in the end, people have to assume their own responsibilities. We're so you, that last so you can't so you can't name one country that has a free market based <laughs> all the way back to this. System. Okay, the United States of America before Obamacare, but, but it doesn't work. But it doesn't work. <laughs> I think it did. Yeah, it doesn't work. People are going bankrupt because of it, and a lot of people and and like ninety million people don't have it. But you know what the real problem and it's is? Twice as much as other countries. The problem is the high cost of health care, the procedures, the medicine that has to be practiced today to, to cover your posterior type medicine that they run tests really? you really then don't how come need. The other countries don't. How come the other countries is half as much as ours? Then? Because they don't they don't get people care quickly enough. I mean, their stories oh, are legion. Come on, now you're making up excuses. No, I'm not. The stories are legendary about people waiting for six or eight There's... months for an MRI in Britain. All right, we got to go. Thank you there's so much, 40, Tom. There's 40-some other countries that have health care for their people, all of them, and there's works, and it's half as much as ours, and you can't name one country that has a successful market-based system, and that's pretty sad. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Very, very much appreciate your help. Thanks for challenging Joe. You really put him on the ropes, <laughs> and that is always appreciated. All right, we got one call coming I in. I beg your pardon. We're going to take a quickie <laughs> break. I don't know. <laughs> I just observe these things. I'd like Medicare for all, too, so that's what I'm going to advocate for. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're talking about the Democratic candidates debate last night. What's your view? The you president right over there? Uh, yeah, the president had a rally. I think it was in Colorado. So he was out campaigning last night. Uh, anytime the Democrats debate, it seems as though that's his uh, shtick, is that he's going to uh, uh, try to at least enjoy part of the spotlight. May answer Tom's question. Didn't take long to find it. Hold that answer. We All will right. be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take 
the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. There you go. It's going to be brought up and talked about again today. Just to mention a few things. It didn't take me long to find this. Uh, Tom points out all these countries that have uh, what he, I guess, their equivalent of Medicare for all. But among the countries rated with the best health care in the, in the world, Australia, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Sweden, and Switzerland all have incorporated for-profit hospitals and insurers into their health care policy. So not any of the world's leading health care providers have an all-government option with no profit, no incentive, no insurance. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We are discussing the candidates' debate and health care as it relates uh, to some of the candidates' views last night. Uh, Cindy, you are on the mark. Thank you for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. I just wanted to point out that we all pay for Medicare, and you can see that on your paycheck stub. It's on there. Every time you get paid, they take money from you at a percentage based on how much you made, which is put into the Medicare fund. Now, then who is not paying? Well, people who aren't earning money aren't paying into Medicare. And that, unfortunately, there are a substantial number of people in our country who aren't earning money on their own and therefore aren't contributing into the Medicare fund. But everyone is being, everyone who's working is being taxed to pay for Medicare. And that only pays for Part A. I think people are misinformed or uninformed, whichever word you want to use, about Medicare. Part A of Medicare pays for hospitalization. It does not pay for doctor visits. It does not pay for outpatient care. It does not pay for many other aspects of health care, which is why, as Joe pointed out, some people buy supplement insurance, and that supplement insurance covers those other costs. So it's not clear to me where the honesty in this discussion is about what exactly will be paid for. For example, Medicare Part A doesn't pay for drugs. You have to buy Part D if you want your drugs to be paid for by your health insurance. So, you know, first I have to say I agree with Joe. You know, Joe, you pay your bill. As your life goes by, save up your money. That's what my husband and I are doing so that as we get older and might run the risk of, a uh, health care issue, we have money to pay that bill. You, ought, you, you know, we should take responsibility for ourselves. But that isn't to say that we don't pay for our neighbors. Every week, if you're paid weekly, every two weeks, if you're paid biweekly, every month, if you're paid monthly, you contribute into the Medicare fund that pays exclusively for health insurance and care for other people. You get zero personal benefit out of doing that. And you do that if you're 16 years old and working at the local putt-putt golf course or if you're, you know, a, uh, a guy that runs the local radio station. 
everybody is paying into that fund. So the suggestion that people don't care about other people's health and their health care issues is absurd. It's just patently absurd to be throwing those kinds of accusations at our neighbors. Everyone who's ever worked has contributed to that fund. They may never live long enough to collect from it. They never get sick and need it, but they have contributed to it all their lives. What should so we let's be fair about this. What should we right. do with the U.S. health care system? What would be a fix? I like the, the idea that you can have an HSA, a health savings account, and that, you, that through your life you take responsibility for yourself, you save money into that account, and should you confront a bill that's beyond your health insurance, you use that money to pay it. I like that idea, and that's exactly what my spouse and I are doing. Now, does this mean that maybe you don't take a vacation or buy a new car or uh, buy two, four, five dollar coffees every week? Yeah, it does. You make a choice. You take responsibility for yourself. But I'll tell you what's liberating about that. I hear a lot of people complain, well, their health insurance, they have to go through a second opinion, and they don't allow them this unless they suffer with it for so many months or years. First, That doesn't apply to me. I'm cutting a check. <laughs> I go to the doctor's office at the end of my visit, I pay them promptly. And in exchange for that, they give me a discount because they don't have to go through all this billing and all this other nonsense Mm -hmm. to get their money. They're paid right away, just like when I go to the grocery store. I pay them right then and there, or the florist, or, you know, buy an ad on the radio. I pay for those things promptly. So we have many health savings accounts already, and they're always happy at the dentist when I pull out that card and say, here you go, there's the money. Yes. They're yes. like, here's oh, my gosh, money. no more follow-up. all the nonsense out of the middle No more late notices, no more nothing. Here's your money. See you, next, yeah, see you in six months. Yeah, let's call it a day. Yes, and they, they tell you how much they're going to charge. Now, one thing I think is wrong, which must be corrected, <clears throat> it's wrong that you go and are bombarded with these services without a disclaimer, a full revelation of what they're going to cost. That's wrong. Mm, that's they good. Be Excellent point. You. Excellent point. Right. They're certainly, by now, they would know the range. An appendectomy always costs or has costs between... 60000 and $212,000. That's the range. Sure. Most of them are about eighty grand. All right, thank sure. you and so much. There's no reason they can't give you that information, except they don't want to, because you'd go, oh, well, thanks anyway. I don't need that. <laughs> thank you so much, Cindy. This is News Radio 1070 WDK, okay, Sunbury? News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, I'm Mark Larch. Joe McGranahan is here. Uh, it is the 20th day of February 2020. Mr. B- uh, Rob Center is our fabulous uh, producer. I almost forgot his name. So. <laughs> uh, see, that you know who the president of Mexico is? Something Lopez. <laughs> so. It's not Rob Center. <laughs> yes. Right. right, that's true. It's not Rob Center. But Rob Center is a lot of other things, not the least of which is but a, a they friend. Could do, Mexico could do worse. A colleague, Philly's fan. 
fan, Philadelphian, um, uh, Flyers fan. I guess he probably follows the Sixers, too, out of obligation. And just a super guy, uh, Dixie's dad, you could say, in a manner of speaking, Dixie's human dad. Well, today is the Love Your Pet Day. Is it? Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) So you give your pet a great big squeeze for me. I'll try to squeeze the three cats at my house if I can catch them. You know know what happens if I say it's from you? You know what's going to happen? He's going to bark. He's either going to bark or run away. He's not going to want it. I understand most dogs do run from you. (laughs) Dogs have a fabulous sense of the obvious that I'm no good, and they, they always bark at me. Even the warmest dog goes the other way. It's there. They have a sixth sense or something. They sense you're a cat person. Well, that could be. They smell the cats. <laughs> they go the wrong way. I'm a dog person, so I love to see dogs. Mm-hmm. I, I love um, Murphy Laura's next dog, door. Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, Murphy's just the greatest dog ever. He's such a sweetheart. Murphy's about half warmed up to me. He barks far less now. Well, I found out if they keep a little gate across the doorway to keep him in there, and, and he doesn't like anybody running into the gate because he was traumatized by the gate falling on him one day. Oh, okay. So I'm very careful not to – every time – one time I came in and I touched the gate to get to Murphy, and he started barking at me. And I, <laughs> like, no, I, I was told, don't touch the gate. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, our three cats uh, are nice, but they're, they're, they're more like decorations than anything. They really don't do anything that uh, involves interaction, and if you, if you move into the room too quickly. They take off. Well, that's not cats aren't exactly warm and fuzzy. Well, some are, but these <laughs> the, the ones that we have. These krakens are not. So, But the good thing is, though, there's no dust or, or uh, feathers or threads or anything on the floor. Anything, what about fur balls? Anything they, well, we do see those occasionally. But uh, the uh, anything they find, they eat. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. We have four open lines right now. We're talking about the Democratic debate and one of the big issues that was brought up and talked about, and that is health care. Should we do Medicare for all? Should we just uh, revise and revamp Obamacare or start over? What would be a good idea? President Trump says he's going to have a health care plan if and only if he's reelected. And uh, all six of the candidates last night on the stage said they have an idea as ways to fix health care. So what's your view on that? 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com and you can text us at 70236. We would love, 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 love to hear from you. A big finish for last year's Needy Family Fund with one of the highest totals in recent years. This year's Needy Family Fund total finished at $132,000. The Sunbury and Milton Citadels of the Salvation Army were each presented with a check of over $66,000, Milton Salvation Army Lieutenant Jared Starnes. It's an amazing experience. It shows the love that these communities have because a lot of them, the toys are donations from people in the community and just uh, help people that give them one less stress during Christmas time, not having to worry about what their children are. This year's this year's campaign was the first for Mifflinburg Bank and Trust. Among the big donors this year, Dagenstein Foundation, half the money that was in the total came from the Dagenstein Foundations. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg filed for bankruptcy Wednesday, six months after disclosing it had paid millions of dollars to people sexually abused as children by its priests. The diocese joins at least 20 
20 others across the United States and seeking protection from creditors. This is the first Pennsylvania diocese to go Chapter 11. Uh, they said they paid out 106 people, a total of just over $12 million, to compensate for claims of sexual abuse they suffered as children from its priests, deacons, and seminarians. Six others did not accept the payments and offers from the diocese. In a statement to the bishop, Ronald Gaynor says the diocese was already on shaky financial ground and was in the process of shrinking to non-profitability when the lawsuits came. You like that phrase? Reminds me of another phrase I heard years ago. Right. Uh, They were in the process of right-sizing the diocese so that they were operating in the black. When the lawsuits began, uh, dozens and dozens of them have since been filed. The the bankruptcy filing in Harrisburg said the diocese faces potentially significant exposure from remaining claimants. We can talk a little bit more about that later in the show. A man that local individuals will know, a former prosecutor who led the child molestation case against the former Penn State assistant football coach Jerry Sandusky, is losing his law license for one year over his handling of a grand jury witness in the case. The court Wednesday suspended Frank Fina's law license. Fina's, <coughs> Fina's own lawyer says he'll seek U.S. Supreme Court review. The state justices are also ordering a public reprimand of former Penn State General Counsel Cynthia Baldwin for violating professional conduct rules in her representation of three Penn State officials. And during her own grand jury testimony, Baldwin's attorney says she made every effort to comply with the conduct rules. And, of course, folks will remember Frank Fina operating in Snyder County. You remember that? I think he is losing his license for a year and a day. Right. You said a year. There's a day on the end of it. I thought that was it. It struck me as odd. Why a year and a day? Why not just a year? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe so that he actually does not have any ability to practice law at all for For one year. For one year. 365. um, Or would it be 366? 365, unless it's a leap year. Maybe next year's is a leap This is a leap year. This is a leap year? Well, maybe that's why. Okay. Oh, okay. So that encompasses the leap. We figured it out. <laughs> well, actually, if you say a year, though, and the year happens to be 366 days, then yes, that Yes, but this isn't January 1st. This, this okay. was imposed upon him yesterday, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. February 19th. So, But the leap day's in there. It's the 29th. Right. In case but you didn't know. 365 days from now would not encompass the 29th. I got you. Okay. I'm happy to explain this all to you in greater detail if you wish. I don't think anybody <laughs> should be tortured any farther than I have been. All right. So that is the Frank Fina. Of course, he worked in Snyder County and in Sunbury for a time. And the 11 felons pardoned or set free by President Trump this week were convicted of a wide array of serious crimes, but all had a common thread. They had advocates among the president's wealthy friends and political allies. In at least some cases, Trump has personal relationships with those granted clemency. While Trump says he is righting wrongs, he is once again shattering institutional norms. Rather than relying on carefully vetted recommendations to the U.S. Justice Department, uh, Trump appears to have instead relied on GOP mega donors, celebrities, and Fox News personalities who <laughs> personally vouched for those that he selected. And, of course, when other presidents have done this, Obama created some stir with the people he pardoned. They were all convicted felons. They make it sound like this is the first president to pardon a convicted felon. It's not true. They all have done that. Well, it's just the way. It's not. It? These people aren't saints. I mean, if you're not going to, if you're going to pardon people, you're pardoning people who have committed a crime. You know, there's nobody who needs a pardon if they haven't committed a crime. I don't need one. You don't need one. If the president pardoned you. What would that mean? 
Uh, it would mean nothing. I mean, people say, well, why did he pardon Mark Lawrence? He hasn't done anything wrong. I got a speeding ticket in Lavelle 12 years ago. So if if the president, for whatever reason, believes somebody deserves a second chance, I don't care whether it's Barack Obama, whether it's George Bush, whether it's George Washington. If the president believes that, the Constitution gives him the power to pardon. No so, so be it. You're having an argument with yourself. I, I agree I'm very good at that. Everything. Joe, you're right. Thank you, Joe. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. No, but uh, I'm just pointing out that usually they rely on these fancy reports from the Justice Department. That's just a way to cover but your But in this posterior. particular case, uh, he just uses mega donors and celebrities and Fox News personalities. Well, that's what they say, but we don't know who he consulted with. We yeah. don't know. The Justice Department said they didn't look into these guys, so that, that much is clear. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he gets the name off of a Cracker Jack box. It's, 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 still, it's still a pardon, and it's still permitted. I mean, or if he posthumously pardons Jeffrey Dahmer, we might want to have a word with him. <laughs> What would that do? No, nothing, really. But, I mean, the people who are there, if they have demonstrated, some of them are already out of jail. If they're living their life, make, if they've learned from their mistakes, why not pardon them? And with Rod Blagojevich, he didn't pardon him. He just commuted his sentence, right. saying you've served enough time. Yeah, most, most of the things he did were not pardons. They were commutations, So, as I recall. I think there were some part. Out there are, there are a couple, there. but most right. of them are commutations. And 11? How many did Bill Clinton did? Hundreds and hundreds. Well, President Obama did 712. Okay, so yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> President Trump's a little behind the game here. He's got to get on the stick. If he's going to get up to some of these presidential numbers his predecessors did. Okay, we're, even, we're talking about the Democratic debate and health care. To that end, we have prolific oh, texters. Oh, we do indeed. We and, do indeed. An emailer. Says, Bernie said he has three homes because he has one in D.C., one in Vermont, and a cabin in the woods. Three things. A millionaire socialist is an oxymoron. Two, Bernie doesn't act like a cabin in the woods kind of guy. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree. And the big number three, why does an elected official need to purchase a home in the Capitol? That means he's too comfortable in his position and has no fear he's going to be fired by the voters. That is a problem. And then another texter directed at our friend Tom. Tom, so there's a people. There are people dying in the streets because they can't get treated in a medical facility. Tom can't name one country that has socialized medicine that doesn't ration it. Uh, another writer says, "Good morning, Joe. So you don't think people should help uh, people pay with health care? Well, it happens every day. People pay for others, such as unemployment, social security, local taxes, etc. So like it or not, we're all paying for all." And that's signed by Bob. And then another texter says, I don't understand, Tom. He's a veteran getting his health care at the VA. Government-run socialist medicine that has some serious problems, and he wants to have that foisted on every citizen of this country? And then another texter on the other side of the issue says, we're, we're paying all prisoners health care, all disabled, all low-income families. Okay. All right, that's it. Good and for you. Email. email says, last night was a direct hit for the Democrats. Total chaos! <laughs> it is very hard to watch and listen to the Democrats, both in real life and on TV. It's like vultures picking at bones. I don't think there was any real winner, but the losers were the moderators, because I don't know where they all went. They lost control, and there were so many of them, like the blind leading the blind. And I think the same for all the candidates. Same message, warmed over, nothing new, and much more confusion. They were 
were out of control. So Democrats and so-called independents, look at your party. What do you see? I hope you get a reality check, because they're all losers. Oh, I thought they all did well last night. Uh, the only person who I thought was a loser last night really would be uh, Joe Biden. It's just too milk toast, And it's clear that uh, if people are going to have any appeal to what President Trump brought to the White House, which is assertiveness and uh, uh, sort of the man of action kind of thing, or woman of action, if it's one of the women, I think they all have it. Now, Joe Biden does not. So in that way, he really stood out. And does he realize the use of the word man, referring to somebody, hey, man, went out about 30 years ago? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Joe, um, what is it, Bernie Sanders, let me be perfectly clear. Who said that? That sounds like Dick Nixon. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so that's where that phrase came from, his friend Dick Nixon. And uh, But I thought they all did well. I, I was glad to see that Buttigieg stayed calm. I was unhappy to see that Amy Klobuchar lost her cool. Um, super glad to see that Elizabeth Warren did super well. And glad that uh, um, uh, Mike Bloomberg was shown his place. And now he's going to have equal footing as he continues. He's going to have to campaign in front of people at some point. But, uh, uh, you know... And if people elect him simply based on TV commercials, well, that's their own dumb fault. I don't have anything for or against him. Uh, you know, I certainly am troubled by that. Well, the, we've been electing presidents based on TV commercials since Lyndon Johnson. Right, and I don't have anything ag- against him, but I certainly uh, am troubled by some of his attitudes in the past. Uh, you know, he keeps downplaying it. Oh, what's tru- what's troubling on. you? He keeps downplaying it, but not apologizing it. And, and I think that's a mistake. If if I had mistreated people in the past, uh, I, if I haven't, I should apologize, and I would do so. Okay. And I think he should, hold on, he should do so. And then the second thing is you you can say, hey, I'm a bigger person today. I'm a better person. You know, like like President Trump said, he used to grab women by the privates. Well, th- that was then. Now he's the president of the U.S. He is, never said he did that. He said he could do that. No, we have a, right. That's right. So, rather than apologize. I could say I could take out your appendix. Or, or I'm sorry, rather than deny it, he should simply say, look, look, I'm a bigger person now. Because of Melania, I'm twice the guy I used to be. Okay, but you're, you're ignoring the fact that what, what Mayor Bloomberg did was try to protect the people and of his city, try to keep them safe. And oh, he you're, did sto- that. you're talking stop and frisk. He okay. did that with stop and frisk. I was frisk. talking about the disparaging remarks. Okay, well, I mean, the disparaging remarks are another issue that he's going to have to account for if he actually said them. As I pointed out to you, he denies that he said any of those things, and no one reported his denial. And as a matter of fact, uh, even... Well, he has when, said he's made a mistake about stop and frisk. Right, but we're now I'm talking about what you were talking okay. about, the way he was treating women. Let's stay on let's, course Okay, here. let's talk about mistreating women. That's it. Okay, if he said those things, he's going to have to answer for them. But he denies saying them. He says they were contained in a gag gift book that was given him years ago. The book surfaced in every one of his other political campaigns, and it was treated for what it was, a gag gift. Uh, more troubling is the fact that he has these non, non-disclosure agreements with women, and he won't let them out of it. You know, if there's something to hide there, maybe they he should let them out, let them say what they uh, well, what they feel. Well, this is like President Trump's tax returns, you know. Who, well, he who hasn't released them either. And right. as he pointed out, quite frankly, he said, I can't use TurboTax. I, I believe he's correct. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not that there's anything wrong with it. But seriously, I mean, this is a guy with a complex tax return. Uh, he doesn't fill it out personally. I mean, he's not sitting out up at night with a lampshade on. Do you think he actually even on. has to sign anything? Well, yeah, he has to sign his tax returns. But I'm sure he counts on accountants and lawyers and a bunch sure. of other people Trust to do people. it. And they they are going to take advantage of every loophole to try and save him money. That's their job. 
You know, so if his tax returns are put out, just like President Trump's, and people say, oh, my God, look at the abuse. He took advantage of this loophole, that loophole, this loophole. Who doesn't? Well, regardless of all of this, who's the best qualified to be the president of the United States today? Well, we've got him. You're satisfied with President Trump, right? No, no argument there. And... But who on that stage last night would make a good president? I would submit just about all of them. Well, somebody who's not on the stage, I think, would make the best president, Tulsi Gabbard. Okay. I don't know. Uh, well, You're enamored I'm, with her. I'm not. I think she's a, a level-headed person. I like her military background. She mm-hmm. she has a, you know, she served our country well and honorably. Um, right. I just don't have any problem with her. Uh, maybe I don't know her opinions well enough, right. but she seems to me more moderate than the others on the stage. Well, that's true. All right. Well, we'll take all comers. Uh, we're ready for another break. Uh, we've read all of the available emails and texts that relate to the Democrats. We have some other general emails and texts, so we can read those on the radio, uh, but we'll We'll take all callers now, 1-800-795-9565. This wraps up our conversation about health care and the Democratic debate. And we are going to uh, read the emails and texts, and we've got to talk about the Harrisburg Diocese. What's your view on this? Should the church go belly up, shut her down, or what? What, what should happen? Joe's a Catholic, so he can give us his uh, perspective from the back row. And the lectern's uh, pulpit. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Call us now, one 800 When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicles worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, we got new texts. Joe, you can probably go from top to bottom, right. I think. Bloomberg is a tyrant and has no business stepping foot or stepping foot in the White House. The left accuses Trump of not uh, leaving the White House if he loses or at the end of his second term. Bloomberg has already done that by getting himself a third term in New York City, where the mayor is supposed to only serve two terms. And uh, the pardons and commutations by Trump are no better or worse than those of any other president has given. The thing is <laughs> this being is done. This is as good as it gets. In other right. Ways. The thing is, it's being done by Trump. I've seen a number of Obama pardons and commutations that is north of a thousand. Yet Trump is the problem. Okay, Joe, you're on the mark. All right. Yeah, I, we were talking about the price of health care and what uh, we can do to help. Uh, bring the prices down. I don't know if anyone has mentioned this, but this is an article from uh, November of last year from NPR about uh, how President Trump wants to uh, make uh, price transparency for health care. And if I could just read, because they can put it a lot better than I can, so I'll just try to read this. President Trump has made transparency centerpiece of his health care agenda. Friday, 
he announced two regulatory changes, a bid for more easy-to-read price information for patients. The first effort is a target for hospital, a rule uh, that requires them to display their secret negotiated prices to patients starting in January of 2021. The second is a proposal to make their insurance company show patients their expected out-of-pocket costs through an online tool. That proposal... That proposed rule is subject to 60 days of public comment and is unclear. And then the goal is to give patients the knowledge and to need about the real price of health care services. They'll be able to check them, compare them, and go to different locations so they can shop. So I, I just want I didn't know if anybody had not had mentioned that, but I knew that was in the works, and I'm not sure. You can tell that there's going to be a lot of... Uh, fight against it from the hospital or associations lobbying like that but just to see where that goes it's something in the works and i know the trump people wanted it to be before the before the election because they look at it as a positive thing of uh, trying to have a more fair or better health care for the people of the united states well, I think the president has an obligation to put up or shut up. I mean, he said he has a health care plan, but he's not going to announce it until after the election. That's ridiculous. If you've got a health care plan, put it out there now. Let us take a look at it and let us make a decision. Since health care is going to be an issue in this election, let us contrast and compare what you're proposing with what the Democrats are proposing and then make an informed I, decision. I agree with that, that uh, why they're waiting. I, I, I'm not sure because they... They've said there's, you know, that they they're going to have uh, uh, for um, pre-existing conditions, and you know they, they'll they'll repeat that. That's part of the plan. It's not they. But it's I him. I think like a step or a piece of the plan that people have been wanting, you know, because you go to the hospital and you can see a variance in prices from different places. That uh, and online they had this article about like a blood test can be anywhere from two. Hundred to two thousand dollars, depending where you're going. So th- this is just one step. It's not the whole plan. And I, I do remember when it was going in November that they wanted to get it before the election, as they thought it was a positive thing for the electorate to look at. I like the way the Amish do it. They negotiate with hospitals for prices and pay cash and pay cash. Oh, yeah, yeah well, you know. Yeah, and I, I appreciate what Cindy had uh, called in, and you know everybody's. Uh, opinions about how you know it's not free and of course i know the the european market uh, the health care for all really it's very high taxes i mean and that's what bernie's saying but last night on the uh on the debate they did bernie they did question bernie's 25 what trillion dollar hole you know if he does get away or does relieve you of all your uh like co-pays and all those kinds of things, and you won't actually pay, they still both, there, I think there were two people that brought up that there was this giant hole, you know, that you still have to, and that's going to be raising taxes just for health care. So I thought that was a good thing. I did watch the debate. I thought it was pretty good. I, I think what happened was that uh, more people got to see uh, questions, and they had to come up now when they do... Uh, these town halls and that, I think the questions are kind of softballs and that. I don't really watch a lot of that. But here they really had to get down and make a, their point that they're different than this candidate or that candidate. So I think they were asked tough questions and they had to, you know, kind of single themselves out how they would be different and what they would do. And that's uh, 
that's a good thing for the people to see. I think it was kind of hidden up until this debate. No, fair enough. Appreciate your comments, as always, Joe. Thanks, yeah, thanks for calling. Right. Take care. 1-800-795-956. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pound that. One more email before we move on. All right. Uh, let's see. Since I'm getting ready to Why retire. Why are we reading this? I don't know. Yesterday we talked about, uh, did is President Trump responsible oh, okay. for the booming economy, or is it uh, President Obama, and then President Trump just kept it going? Okay. Since I'm getting to retire in four years or so, I've been following the stock markets, since I have a TIAA-CREF retirement plan at work. Here are the facts that I took from the Dow site. From Obama's first term in office, January 20th, 2009, to January 21st, 2013, the Dow went up $5,434.35 points, or 35 points, point thirty-five points, 8,000.86 to 13,435.21. From Obama's second term in office, January 21st, 2013, to January 20th, 2017, the Dow went up 6,528.59 points, a total of 11,962.94 points in eight years. Years. Okay, so catch that. So eleven thousand nine sixty-two, yeah. almost twelve thousand. Right. From Trump's first three years in office, January twentieth, twenty seventeen, until February nineteenth, twenty twenty, the Dow went up nine thousand three hundred forty-three point two eight points. As of this writing, a total of nine thousand three hundred forty-three point twenty-eight points in three years and one month. So in three years and one month, he almost equaled what Obama achieved in eight years. Right. By keeping Obama's momentum but it's, going. It's Obama. Obama did it all. You believe that, and, I, and you believe in the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, and you a jolly man in a red suit who brings presents. was doing well? I think he started, he, he created some good things. He got some things going. But, you know, again, to say that President Trump had nothing to do with it is well, ridiculous. nobody's saying that. Yes, they are. Many people have... Uh, nobody's saying turn that. On Not C- on this show. Turn on CNN some days and MSNBC. Right. Well, fine. You can find a commentator to say anything. The fact of the matter is, anybody who's reasonable would clearly recognize that President Obama, of course had a booming economy, and it was in the pink when no, he left office. he did office. not have a booming economy. And it was dead when he took office. He had an he, economy where he that said... That was recovering, and now President Trump wand. was able to keep it going. He said you would need a magic wand to bring back industrial jobs and get unemployment oh, down. Joe, Joe. A magic wand. <laughs> the funnel is showing out your left ear all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that's your right Well, ear. those but M- MSNBC event. beans are coming out of yours. I see them flowing no, out now. I, this isn't MSNBC. <laughs> this is just common sense. I don't know why you won't see it objectively, that obviously President Obama encountered an economy that was completely floundering, unlike President Trump, who says the economy was in the pits when he took office, which is a ridiculous but misstatement. President Obama believed nothing could be done. In that regard, Oh, my was, God, he said that one time, but by the time he left office, it was obvious it was uh, the economy had turned the around. Economy was in part around. because of actions he what had taken. What was the growth? What was the growth of the economy under Obama? It never achieved... Oh, two and a half or something. No, year, no, something no, like no, no, no. 1.9, 1.8. That's it was bouncing along the bottom. No, it was over two a couple of times. Check the you check your numbers and bring them back tomorrow. <laughs> you look that up while I uh, I'll get rid of this email since we you did read it. Thank and you. Nicely done. I'll that, take care of that while you're doing your math. All right. The, the president. president oh. <laughs> I said I would. Shall read we Corley read this? The uh, president states he will release his health care plan, but first I need a favor. Re-election. <laughs> 
where have I heard this before? <laughs> <laughs> Another one, we were trying to come up with good slogans the other day. Larry in Texas came up with a fabulous one. He said, good morning, fellows. Uh, the slogan Republicans are using here in Texas is, better led by red. <laughs> and that means the red hair of Mr. Trump, I'm assuming. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We'll take a quickie break while Joe does some math to find out that growth was stupendous occasionally under President Obama, even though it was totally flat when he came on board, and uh, that uh, Mr. Trump does deserve some of the credit. Mr. Obama deserves some of it. Mr. Trump observes and deserves some of it. We're going to talk about Chapter 11 at the Harrisburg Diocese. Tough topic when we can return. But I want to let you know about the Sunbury Motor Company. And they got two great locations. If you are interested in a Hyundai, a Lincoln, or a Ford, there's just no place else to go in the world other than the Sunbury Motor Company on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They're right between Washington and Jefferson, and they'll save you a few Lincolns. And it'll be an opportunity for you to be super served by people like Jason, Mickey, Jeff, Mike, in Kyle, the new guy down there, Kyle, he's selling cars like crazy. And you will also then be able to go, if you wish to, to the Kia dealership on Routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf. Just look for Runyon's Road. Hang right, and there you go, and you are in. they got fabulous pre-owned vehicles there that have been through a 100-point check that are literally in perfect condition. Of course, they got the Kia. You just can't do better. If you need ultra-reliable, all-wheel drive family, super small, save a lot of money on gas, hybrid, electric, you name it, Kia. The place to go, Ernie and Austin will pick you up, fix you up. You can check it all out ahead of time if you wish at sunburymotors.com. We'll take a quickie break. Email us at on the market at the KOK.com. Text us 70236 or call 1 800 795 9565. Welcome back. You're listening to On the Mark and WKOK Radio, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Text us at 70236. And a texter said, whoo, I hit that right. <laughs> you are a post now. Oh, hey, man, I'm hot today. Um, Mark, Obama told people at a campaign function for Hillary that factory jobs weren't going to come back except with a magic wand. That was in 2016, so I guess things weren't doing so well under Obama. He didn't even think so. Trump cut business-killing regulations, cut taxes, and allowed businesses to flourish. There, you have the answer right there. Awesome sauce. Thank you. And then Obama can't take any credit for the growing economy because he did the exact opposite. And an emailer says, oh, you covered up the email, my friend. No, you can read it. <laughs> no, I can't. It's back here. Oh, behind the screen. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, I, I can't see behind it. Just remember the stock market is primarily owned by millionaires. The everyday working people don't own stocks. Mr. Trump always takes care of himself and his rich cronies first. Well, half the middle class does own stock. It's in their company pension plan. Right. Well, one way or the other, you know, maybe they don't own direct stocks, but they do. you're right. Everybody has invested somehow a Interest well, yeah, in the stock I guess market. somehow, yeah, everybody's either directly or indirectly. You're probably only two or three uh, degrees of separation. So we said we were going to talk a little bit about the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, and I think very telling is that not just the AP version that we read, but the um, the bishop's statement where he indicates that uh, first of all, let's set the scene here. We were already in hot water because uh, attendance was declining. Uh, 
mainstream churches are less popular. The number of Catholics is fewer. We're already closing parishes so that they could stay in the black. And and then this hit, which is, you know, like the, uh, uh, the, you know, the final blow. So that's why they're in Chapter 11. They certainly do have some assets. They do not wish the payouts for the lawsuits to be greater than uh, what, they, what they have available. Well, you know... I'm kind of torn. I can see an argument on both sides of this. First of all, you know, these are human failings. The church didn't say to priests, hey, welcome on board. You're now a Catholic priest. You can turn uh, wine and bread into the body and blood of Jesus Christ and go ahead and molest children. That wasn't a church decree. Where the church failed, and again, these are human failings, is the bishops who moved these guys on instead of coming out and admitting up front that there was a problem and dealing with it. So to some extent, the church bears responsibility for the people it put in power being more interested in covering their behinds than in making sure the kids were protected and safe. So there has to be a penalty for that. There has to be some way to make these people whole. Now, whether it's selling everything the church owns, you know, for one point, they used to say that when you got communion, the, the host would be held in, uh, in... Which is the bread. The bread would be held, and the cup would be not silver and gold. They would just be, you know, common, ordinary things like... Jesus would have had, right. Then they decided, no, we need to go back to gold and silver. I I never understood that. But, you know, if they had to sell every gold and silver chalice and cup and uh, whatever they call the things they hold the host in, I would be okay with that. You know, we need to do something to make these people whole. But at the same time, we have to respect the fact that despite the problems over the years, through its charitable work and through, you know, uh, trying to be a good role model for people, the Catholic Church has done some good things, as I believe all churches have and all religions have. I think most of them have done something positive and something beneficial to society. You know, I saw I'm torn. Part of me says, what is it going to take to make these people whole? Liquidate so you can make these people whole. Whatever it takes, sell or do whatever. A lot of churches you know, wouldn't fetch a lot of money if they were sold, so you're not going to do that. Well, the story I read this morning says the individual churches belong to the parish. They don't belong to the bishop. So apparently right. they set that up years ago, and so maybe Saint in anticipation of the same pious people, the congregation, right? But yet, on the other hand, we have obligations every month to the diocese of Harrisburg. And for example, the bishop has an annual appeal, and if the church doesn't make its quota, for example, the bishop will tell you, "Hey, I expect uh, Saint Pius the Tenth to give me seventy thousand okay. dollars." If that doesn't happen, if the people don't cough up seventy thousand dollars, <laughs> that bill doesn't go away. It just has to be paid out of our regular contributions. Okay. which I find offensive, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the bishop, if he wants money and he can't get it, if people don't support him, then that's just tough. He should reduce his his budget if he has to. What do you like about being a Catholic? I like the Mass. I think as a service, as a religious, as a way to honor God and a way to recognize his son, whom I believe in, uh, that it's the best service I've ever seen. It represents the Last Supper. You know, which is where Jesus came into his own, if you will. And use that as the one true beautiful element of the church and then of course your well, response and your response to it which is you know your charitable works and the deeds that you do and the prayers that you offer up the rest of the time and the rest of the days and just your general decent character as these that's your response to the mass 
that's all you need is a half-decent mass and all the work that you do. All this other stuff, the gold and silver, the big churches, the diocese, all these uh, fancy buildings and, and other schools and so on, are peripheral. You don't need any of those. So if you go chapter 11 and people are saying, I want my piece of the pie because of this, you're going to have to divest yourself of some of the silver and gold. Well, I think, too, that, you know, I've heard the argument back and forth over the years as to what causes this type of thing. What made these priests think they had license to molest children? And some people have argued that it's because we have imposed this rule of celibacy, which I believe came about in the 12th century. I don't believe it was in the early church didn't require you to be celibate. No, absolutely not. And, of course, today they do ordain certain Presbyterian ministers. Is it Presbyterian ministers who were married? uh, Can, if they convert to the Catholic faith, they can keep their wife. I think it's Presbyterian. I may be wrong on that, but I know it's one of the Protestant faiths. I don't remember which it is. You know, so if that's possible. But then recently the Pope turned away a request from uh, Catholics in the Amazon to allow married deacons who are permitted in the church to become ordained as priests because they have this tremendous shortage of priests, and the, some of these places don't get to see a mass for months at a time. And that yet means on the you other don't hand, communion if right. you don't have a priest. And yet, on the other hand, here in the United States, we tell Catholics, if you don't attend mass, you're committing a sin. Well, you know, if you don't have a Mass available, isn't that, aren't you permitting people to sin? Or somehow not having a Mass, that doesn't make not attending one a sin. So I mean, I'm saying we're going back and forth at some of this stuff. I think the Church needs, and I thought Pope Francis would do some of this stuff, and I think to some extent he's been a change agent, but in other, to another extent he has been... Um, uh, attacked, if you will, by the hidebound hierarchy of the church into maintaining the status quo in a lot of issues. And, you know, tradition is something to be said for tradition. The church has been relatively unchanged for a long time since Martin Luther pounded those theses on the door. At theses, T-H-E-S-E-S. I said theses, I know. more okay. than one. <laughs> yeah, 95, as I recall, or 97. Miss, I don't want anybody to misheard what you said, though. Oh, I didn't say feces, no. <laughs> Thank you. one 800 and I right now are talking about the Catholic Church going forward. We are not talking about what went wrong or how they're going to get themselves out of hot water here. We are talking about the Catholic Church going forward. What can they do? What should they do? Would you get rid of the celibacy? But what, but what happens could? now depends on how the Church, how they re- respond to this, I think is going to resonate with a lot of Catholics. We've been told that no money that we've contributed will be used to pay off these settlements. It's money on other the other hand, contributed. right? On the other hand, everything the church has theoretically came from something people contributed. Right. You Just know, not so, you today. So their investments. Maybe you could say, well, their investments. They're going to sell off their investments. They're going to sell off real estate they bought. But still, all of that at one point was paid for by contributions from the faithful. Pope McGranahan. I'm not a pope. Would far you, Well, <laughs> would you allow priests to marry? Yeah, I would personally. Okay. I mean, it's worked well for Protestant sects. Would you ordain women? No, I would do that, too. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. But then I'm, I'm a contrarian, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, you're a stick in the mud in many cases. <laughs> That's... You're the Joe Biden of the On the Mark show. one 800 795 doddering old fool. <laughs> <laughs> Seven nine five nine five six five is the telephone number. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the market wkokid.com. We got a caller standing by. We're going to get to him uh, shortly. Uh, but we're talking about the future of the Catholic Church. What could and should happen when it comes to car buying? There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one hundred years, the Merch. 
family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. You're listening to On the Mark. Mark put me on the spot before the break. Now I'm going to return the favor, and we do have a call pending, and we've asked them to hang on for a second because we need to finish this segment we're talking about. You've asked me what I see as the uh, long-term issues and solutions in the Catholic Church. You're a lay minister in the Lutheran Church looking at us from the outside. What do you see? What would you do? Well, I'm so glad to hear that you say that the Mass is the the significant and beautiful part of your uh, Catholic life and your worship experience because... Because that is, uh, you get the same experience and the same feeling and the same inspiration and sometimes a little bit of humor and a little bit of knowledge and context from the services that, that we oversee as well. And I, I am glad to see that. And I'm glad to see that, you're, you know, you don't argue with what I say is your response, which is the, the good work that you do and, you know, just the generous and charitable person that you happen to actually be, despite the name calling that I enjoy on the show. And so I think... So, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you need to get back to that, to get back to the Mass, to get back to the inspiration and and the work that follows from it and the response and the prayer and the meditation. And I have a, I have an opportunity to see the nuns at St. Cyril's from time to time, and I always walk away there refreshed like I've hit my reset button and that I'm, you know, better served for it. As far as women in the pulpit, you know, some of the best pastors I know are women, and they bring almost a piety to the pulpit that men don't bring. You know, most of the men's that, men that I know are men of action. They're very assertive. It's not an arrogance, but it's just a very sure that uh, a lot of the women bring a more pious view to the pulpit that I really appreciate this. I am constantly learning attitude, and it, it certainly could help the Catholic Church. Uh, as for being married, I, I really do understand and appreciate how your priests are married to God and your nuns are married to God, and I, I think that's noteworthy. You know, and I think uh, I'm not sure I'd change that right away. Well, it is, but it's created some of the problems. You know, having an all-male-dominated uh, ecclesiastical uh, entity is not necessarily in the best interest of everybody all the time. I don't think—I I think it's cut out—it's it's prevented perfectly faithful, ultra-serving women from being priests, but I, I don't think it—I really, think it contributed a tiny bit to, to the sexual abuse issue, but I, I really—I don't think it's at the heart of the matter. I think what's at the heart of the matter is that you had individuals who were pedophiles and then that they right. they weren't treated properly, which should have been prosecution would have been the proper treatment. Well, many, so. many churches have a great devotion to the Virgin Mary, the Catholic churches. Oh, you know, and, absolutely. And, uh, yes, and, and in our own church, there are quite a few statues of the Virgin. Uh, so it wouldn't 
honoring her, I mean, if we have such reverence for her, why would we not want to have other women emulate her by being priests and leading the church? Right. She changed her life so that she could right. be married and serve in a new way. So, well, that's our discussion on this issue. You're welcome to call in and tell us how right or how wrong we are. <laughs> and uh, bless you, Eric, for holding on for a long time while we waited to finish this discussion. You're on the mark. And bless you both for uh, a good discussion this morning. Um, and I have uh, a lot of good friends who go to uh, St. Pius. I have attended services there, um, not uh, Mass. Obviously, I'm not Catholic. I'm, I'm United Methodist. Uh, I happen to also be a, a lay leader in our church down here in Port Treverton. But as I see it, there's, I think, two issues that have contributed to the, the, um, the whole you know, travesty we have with the priest. One is secrecy, and the other is dependency. Um, through, through the belief of the Catholic Church, Obviously, the, the sanctity of the confession is, is um, secrecy is, is something that's very held in high, high regard. Um, but the concern I have is the dependency that, that any Catholic uh, parishioner has, the dependency upon that priest to give them absolution. Um, that that's where I have a problem with it, that, that they, the um, priest has to be the inner intercessory, that... Someone has to confess their sins to the priest. The priest then has the power of absolution and then has the power of withholding that absolution. And that's where I think the, the, the whole issue comes down to. It comes to the power that these priests had and the secrecy in which they operated that allowed the, um, the abuse to occur and allowed for it to continue to occur because those who were abused were afraid to um, call out the priest because in their belief and their, and their, their, um, their teaching, um, they're going to hell unless, unless the priest uh, gives them absolution. And in fact, do you have to have absolution, or do you have to go to confession before you go to have communion or or have go to mass? Not every time. If you haven't committed a mortal sin or a serious sin, you're okay. But okay. You, you should do it every once in a while. You know, ideally, I think probably once a month is reasonable. Because in, in the Methodist Church, and our, our table is open, I think we discussed yesterday, open to everyone, whether you're a Methodist or not, as long as you believe in Jesus Christ. Part of, part of our preparation for taking the host is to confess. It's a confession. You have a confession time, so you are right with God before you then accept the, the bread and, and the juice as a celebration of your forgiveness. And that's a direct, direct link back to God. So if, if you're celebrating Mass in the Catholic Church... You still need the absolution from the priest, though, right? Thank you so much, Eric. To participate in all the sacraments, yes, you do. do appreciate the call. Thank you so much for checking in. Unanswered questions, we'll try to get to them tomorrow. Joe, enjoy your retirement lengthened weekend. I will. Ben Reichley and I will be back tomorrow. We'll be arguing about the Democratic debate and the good President Trump and many other topics. We hope you'll join us. You are listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time. It is now 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.